Welcome to the Woke Initiative Podcast. This is Mike Tyson. Welcome. So I thought of you and all the films that you were making um, over the summer by yourself um, when the pandemic happened. Yeah. I don't know why. You reminds me of you a little bit. Yeah, it was... Um... But you're doing like, um, you know, I know you're doing some educational stuff and I follow you on Instagram with the, you know... Yeah, I, I really I appreciate, appreciate that, by the way, because, you know, it is helpful for students, you know, looking for places for, um, you know, advice mm-hmm. and, you know, from somebody who's actually working, but also so also from somebody who's young. Uh, so I think that's, you know, to connect with. Uh, Thank you. The young Thank generation. You. Thank you. Yeah, because I, I, I was looking myself for like a um, there's a lot of different Instagrams and stuff like that that offer educational content, and stuff like that. But. I realize like I do a lot and I can kind of capture the behind the scenes of the stuff that I do in every step because I, I handle right now everything, pre-production, production, post-production, even the, yeah, even the skit stuff, like doing that all alone. Like this stuff is like, it feels like, I don't want to say common knowledge, but I guess because I've been doing it for a while now, it feels like it just comes to me. But a lot of people and me, myself included earlier on, it's stuff that some things that we don't even know about, even simple stuff like on Premiere um like setting like a hard limiter or something like that so it doesn't peak like simple stuff that i think is casual stuff mm-hmm. and other people may not know so i got into that headspace during covid like the um you know we're all kind of trapped inside where i just wanted to open up and start like a dialogue and a community because mm-hmm. you're not on instagram too much right i am you use it a lot so you see like i don't i don't post a lot i post when i have something but i don't um, but I look at everybody's, uh, generally, I check it a couple can I times push, a Can I push this closer to you? Or yeah. actually, can you grab it just so it's, yeah, yeah and, and talk a little more? Check. Okay. Check okay. one, just two. Just want to make sure, yeah. Okay. I do a lot of um, fixing and post, but I just want to make sure there's the le- <laughs> at least, <laughs> yeah, the, little, the least amount of. So I don't do a lot of radio, but I see, you know, I can hear the difference for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think the more you do radio, the more you obviously get comfortable, start wearing like sunglasses inside. <laughs> Yes, what's going on with Instagram, man? <laughs> um, yeah, so no, yeah, so I like, I just want to have a, a dialogue in a community and more mm-hmm. locally and maybe expand bigger because mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't see any platforms right now where it's Jersey City based where like creative people can go on and, and talk and ask questions and stuff like that. So that was like my idea mm-hmm. behind Rook Initiative. The only difficulty is now is like it's hard doing it while working at the same time, I realized, like balancing the release of stuff. Mm-hmm. like these these things um but my idea was to uh start getting into colleges and uh you know opening up internships and bringing people on so there's some there's some grunt work as there is always right here and there but then like music video productions and um more branded content things and stuff like that they could come on board and experience onset and post production so i figured there's some good things to offer yeah, that's you know. that's great. That's really wonderful. I, I've been trying to, you know, as an adjunct at the at the college, I've been trying to get uh, graduates to kind of, you know, either come back to the end of the year showcase or just try to be more involved with the students who were there. Um, it's in, because I, when I was in school, that's how it was. It was the ki- the people who had graduated who were working mm-hmm. would come back and look for those grunt workers, and that's how you kind of got experience. Because a lot of times, you know, the one thing that is about production 
is the most valuable thing is experience. Um, and unless you're actually doing it and you can sit in a classroom and learn the lessons and, and know it, but until you actually do it, yeah. um, it doesn't really sink in. And not that it doesn't sink in, but you really do need that experience and that's yeah. invaluable. So, um, so that's great. Yeah, it's hands on, like 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that is why one reason for sure that I asked you on here too, because that what your course helped me a lot too. Because it's one of those courses that is hands-on and you're managing a project and like you're playing certain roles and there is like all steps that you have to process within a semester, which I think is like thinking back is kind of fun. You have a semester to do like the planning, you have like two weeks, come to class with something and then it's like, (laughs) okay, shoot it in one week, come back and like everything gets done so quickly, but... It's like a film challenge in like in a semester, you're doing like three film challenges, yeah. Yeah, and and I think that was great to just get a quick experience of like what something like this is and for sure i remembered your course as a something important where i i, never, I remember i think i did something with uh iris records yes it was like a vinyl thing and i I'm, still show that piece to my students you know oh do you yeah because oh that's such yeah. an honor yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool I, I have almost all all my students projects from like every year and i say oh, you them. keep them i keep them yeah because i use them as uh, teaching tools um, yeah. Because as much as I can research, you know, professional to show them what I'm looking for, or what I think the project should kind of emulate, it's really more helpful to see what their peers are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always try to say, show them something professional so that they have something to shoot for. And then also I show them what can be done. Um, so that yours is one of the video portraits I, I, I show almost every year. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And I completely agree. Yeah, because it's more realistic too. like these these projects were created by people like you like students so mm-hmm. all these different things are realistic i always remember one thing that stood out like the the light and the dude's glasses just there just there it pained me that's why i can't look back at it too it's just like, it's just like a small amateur mistake but it's just like yeah you know i used to and it's just moving around in his glasses um but that's yeah. cool that's yeah. cool that you show that how, how are things going uh now like you're still at NGCU. Well, I th- I I'm still at NGCU, but I didn't. Um, so the pandemic happened um, last year in the middle of the semester, mm-hmm. um, and um, it was really rough. I think for me um, as a teacher, because um, it is, a, I try to make it a hands-on course as much as possible. Right. Um, because I just feel like we like we just said like that's where you really do learn the lessons or how to do it. Um, and also to how to work collaborative as a team, right? So with the other students. I mean, then we were all home and some of the kids couldn't really get to school to get equipment. So now I'm like meeting in these three hour lessons. It's like, okay, what am I gonna teach them when we're in the, you know, past the kind of lessons part, we're doing projects. So for me, it was, um, you know, difficult to try to, you know, I was giving them challenges in three hours. That was what I came up with. And I think they kind of like that. So I would say, okay, we're going to do, I would give them a prompt mm-hmm. and I would say, okay, you're everybody's home. Go shoot something and edit it real quick. We're going to meet back at the end of class and we're going to see what you came up with. And um, I think for the most part, they did like it. But it, again, it was challenging because I felt number one, you know, I'm not used to I try to be prepared as much as possible, but mm-hmm. I've never done anything like that before. So no. I mean, during a pan- pandemic, but how also, could you be right? Exactly. But also, you know, they're paying money for this class. And, and you know, so I did mm-hmm. have a conversation with one, at least one of my students. And I said, I, you know, I feel like you're not getting um, what you paid for or not getting what you need. <clears throat> so I said, if you want to take my class as an audit, 
excuse me, mm-hmm. in the next semester, you're welcome to. But I don't teach when they started the new schedule. I don't. They they didn't run my class in the fall, um, and then it was canceled this spring because of the pandemic. Either because um, not enough students show um, signed up, or because the in the um, it was going to be like crazy where we had to like social distance in a in in like in the classroom, and I'm like I don't know how to do that. In yeah. you know how am I going to get equipment? When yeah, you're over there, set. you're over there. Yeah. So you have to I, be standing at central and be like, okay, you can come and pick it up and you walk away. And then the, it, yeah, it'd be it, the whole process, every class, yeah, every class. This is, you know, production is, is a team, you know, it's a team uh, job, right? So you yeah. can't do it. I mean, you can't do it by yourself, but it's difficult. Um, so I was actually kind of relieved that they canceled the class. So I am, um, yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at. But I'm still mm. teaching my high school. Uh, trying to do the best I can, learning um, you know some cloud-based like software that they can use uh, on their own without having to pay for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's uh, it's challenging. So you know we're all in the same situation. So definitely, yeah. yeah. And it's for sure challenging for teachers that have to, especially the younger kids get. I feel like the the shorter attention span. At least college, it's like a lot of the students know that they're paying for this money and they're more honed in. But then the younger kids like and I'm, I'm talking about like first second graders and stuff like not used to this world at all have to like sit there and listen to a teacher virtually when every all their toys and all their <laughs> like shit is all around them you know or you know whatever the parents do move into the kitchen yeah. it's like you got to figure out all these different things um yeah well i have you know a bunch of 18 year olds who are like i know at eight o'clock in the morning they're still in bed they're locked on. <laughs> and i'm like it's okay i don't want to see you i don't want to see where you are you can turn your cameras off just yeah. answer me when Talk. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that's kind of rough. You know, I mean, they're, they're teenage, they're, you know, older teenagers, they're seniors. And, uh, you know, um, so. Yeah. And, yeah. and production is such a, uh, like we were saying, hands on teamwork thing. Like we're close quarters. Like if there's a camera and there's like no monitor, it's usually two people close up looking at the camera, confirming stuff. And then like someone setting up lights, another person underneath helping. Like, with, for the filmmaking process, the pandemic, you know, I mean, it shut down Hollywood, too. It's just, yeah, it's it's such a hard-hitting thing. I tried to do a lighting lesson with them from home, and I'm like, okay. Ooh, I, I, so I, I, I spent, well, I spent a lot of time trying to, you know, um, like, coming up with the lessons, just using, like, avail, like, your lamps and things mm-hmm. like that. And I did this whole lesson, um, and we talked about it, and then the kids are like, I, I can't do that. I don't have any lamps in my house. Oh, and I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, they're like, no, I we have overhead lights, and I got yeah, like, they this have, light like, the, over the here, and I'm like, oh wow, that was an epic fail. <laughs> how could you know, I, right? I, how can I know? How yeah. could you know? I just People- wanted, I wanted to do like a practical lesson, so it was all like using practical lights. Yeah, um, and then you know, which I is just, a great idea because then it's you know whatever is available in your house, right? But then yeah. some people just don't have lamps. Some people don't have lamps. We shouldn't. You need lamps, guys. I know, right? Um, it's like. Uh, damn invest yeah. invest that's tricky man i mean it was tricky it's half and half you can see like the true creative people like that will like utilize the best like of their capabilities to like make something in that moment and other people that always need that more in class and like in moment push mm-hmm. those are the people that are gonna be struggling more because they just need that dynamicism that happens live and in class um, and then, you know, cause I, I did, um, what's it called? Teacher assistant for Delmira. So like I got to get to 
like know some of the students personally in class and understand like these different personalities as well a little bit where like this one kid already knew about cameras what he was doing and he did the assignment but it wasn't like an issue for him at all and then very contrasting another student like you know the white balance is off or something and it's like oh can you reshoot it and then they don't reshoot it they come back next week and they don't do it it's like wait what happened you had a whole week uh how many hours is that <laughs> we're awake like eight hours know. you know so it's like um so you yeah. know the struggle yeah, yeah i know the struggle a little bit uh yeah. just a very little bit just being the teacher assistant uh but then no then you'll still see like these students like did you have some people that still kind of shined in this moment that in in my class in my yeah, high school in your, students in your course yeah yeah i mean for sure um and i also had like um a lot of students like stepped up like a lot of students who were um maybe um not like natural uh, you know, some kids have a natural ability to understand composition and how to set things up mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, just seem to just, you know, take to it easily. But then I've also had some students who struggled with the concepts, but would, would work really, really hard um, as juniors. And then like as seniors, just in this home environment, they've really kind of just shined and not necessarily surprised me because there were always like great kids, but their work is like, better than other people's who other students who I thought would do much better. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but I just no, want, I want to, I want to also say, um, I have that same, when I teach at NJCU, the college, uh, I have the same, um, struggles where I have a lot of different like levels of knowledge in the class. So sometimes I don't always know where to start. So I always just try to start at the beginning and I always figure that like a refresher can never hurt. Mm -hmm. um, so then I try to make sure that I try to cover everything for for all the students. And uh, you were talking about your initiative where you're trying to teach people um, the things that you think um, that everybody should just know. And they don't don't just they don't necessarily know it mm -hmm. just just because they just, you know, whatever their experiences are different than yours. Um, so you can't take for granted that <clears throat> everybody comes to the table bringing the same knowledge base or or skill set. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite, um, uh, what's it, like a favorite portion you like to teach in terms of like your courses? I know now it's kind of different, but do you have a part that you like, this is it, this is the moment, this is the moment I've been waiting for, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I'll, so there's two different things. So when I'm teaching um, at the university, my favorite part is when we get past like the lessons and the introduction and actually get on set and get the equipment out and start setting up, doing like a lighting setup or, you know, and sending kids off to do whatever and checking up on them and seeing where they're at and kind of just making like little adjustments here and there. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite part because I love production and I, I prefer to be on set. I'm not I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm not naturally like if you told like if I was your age and you told me you were going to be a teacher, I would laugh because I'm not naturally good at at least when I was younger. I wasn't good in front of people and I would get really really nervous. In fact, when I'm teaching college, I I get really really nervous as well too until I get to know Even all the now? kids. Mm. Oh yeah, all the time. Um but what I what I rely on is that <clears throat> what I know and I'm very honest if I don't know something, and I'll just say I don't know it. Um, but um, so in high school, my favorite part is just to do the basics, actually, like understanding, like, so in my, my sophomore class, we're doing like composition. So we start off with um, doing like um, photography. 
So just talking about the elements of design, <clears throat> like symmetry, uh, frame within frame, like rule of thirds, all of that kind of stuff. Just, all those good fundamentals. That... All those good fundamentals just for, um, just for photography. And then I kind of move it into like film production. And then talking about shot size and, you know, different angles and how you kind of put together a, a sequence um, as a progression of scenes. Um, so um, that part, I... I like teaching that part because it's like, I feel like that's the first time they um, think about um, the films that they're watching and why they like them. And, you know, they'll often say to me, I can't watch the film anymore just just to watch it. They're always picking up because I, I want them to look at a film because there's so many great shows that are out there now, right? Every Netflix yeah. or whatever. And they're I'm all always, killing it. they're all killing it. But the cinematography to me is like, and that's what I like to watch. Um, and, and all the shots, I'm like, wow, that's a beautiful shot. It's super pretty. Have you seen Queen's Gambit? Uh, amazing. Amazing. Like everything, the whole and, time, how they recreated everything, it just to look soft, like the softness of it. Almost every opening shot to like every sequence is like, is great. I'm like, wow, that's a really great shot. So that's what I want them to look at. I want yeah. them to start to um, uh, learn how to learn how to be visual, um, learn to appreciate visuals, storytelling, um, as well as the the storyline itself. Um, but yeah. but for me, like I'd rather I look at the camera work, and that's what impresses me first, um, and then of course story too. But you know, cool. So you were. Always into the cinematography first. Is that how you got into the that, whole world of like filmmaking? Just to go back. In that's what time? I. That's what I did when I. Cool. When I, right. So my concentration was in. Um, <clears throat> so way back when. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna like turn this into black and white. Yeah. Right. In post. Right. Right. No, with the with the scratch. <laughs> Um, yeah, so way back when, uh, so yeah, so I was, uh, my concentration was in film, was in film. So when I was in high school, I was into photography, um, and I always loved film. So then I decided, um, I didn't realize you can actually go to school f to learn filmmaking. Wasn't and nuts, yeah. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, so it was actually my mom who told me, she was like, you know, you really love, I didn't know what I was going to, wanted to do. So I said, she was like, well, you love film because I watched everything um, and I love photography. She's like, you should go study filmmaking. And I'm like, what? You can study filmmaking? Anyway, so I went to NJCU and um, yeah, so I was more interested. I, I didn't mm -hmm. think of myself as a writer or a director or any of those things, but I just loved cinematography and I loved the, being in the camera department. Um, so when I graduated, um, I did as many jobs as I could do, but I worked in the camera department as a first assistant. I shot my own film. I shot a, a friend of mine who wrote a, uh, um, wanted to direct. So they, they, their cousin wrote a feature film and they needed a cinematographer. So they asked me to do it, which I did. Um, and then I worked as a first assistant on a couple of other, um, features, uh, music videos. We, I did a lot of music videos. <laughs> yeah, those come first, I feel like, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's where you get more comfortable. And It was also the early 90s. There was, you know, there was a ton of money for me. It's probably is the same now. Yeah. I don't really know. I'm out of the loop. But Well, I was born I was born 94, so I was still in the sack. Like, there you go. <laughs> I was like, I, was, I didn't <laughs> That's exist. when I was making my mark. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, so yeah. what, was, what was the landscape like for music videos then during the 90s where what is it? When did like video stuff start coming? So we, uh, yeah, it was in the eighties. It was probably like, I think I might've been a junior in high school or mm -hmm. somewhere around then that like MTV came out. But, um, 
bands did make music videos, but not like they did. And it was like an explosion. Um, so everybody was making music videos. Um, so yeah, because so MTV started like MTV showing all those two, it just became such a mainstream but, thing. Yeah, but with cable, there's just a lot of um, stations that were looking for like if you were an artist, you had to have a video because somebody they wanted to not only hear you, but they wanted to see you. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so we shot a lot on. It was mostly 16 millimeter film, so that's what we did most of the music videos on, um, and. Mm, yeah, that what, sounds what fun. Was I, what was I, yeah. That sounds fun. Okay. No, you were leading into more of a. I'm not sure where you were going with the trajectory because <laughs> I don't know your trajectory. But you got into music videos. Yeah, so I did your a lot first of, AC. Yeah. And you did music videos and then f the feature. Yeah, so I did a couple of features. Um, um, I shot one. Um, we did it in like three weeks in Jersey City because that's where we we're from. Uh, so two friends of mine who were. Um, editors, but they wanted to direct. I shot a lot of stuff for them because they were always coming up with ideas for shows, pilots or whatever. Um, but they wanted to direct a feature. So um, they, you know, we went through the whole thing, had actors, casting and all of that. Um, and we just had locations around Jersey City. Um, I was lighting and being the cinematographer and the camera operator. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, luckily um, uh, a student uh, from NJCU. He was a little bit older, but he wanted to get into lighting, so he hopped on board um, and ended up being the the um, the gaffer for the for the film. Um, cool, so you need it, that at, at like at least yeah, it was crazy. extra hands. The more hands you can have, the it was, better. But it, it was crazy, um, but it but I but it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. It was it was really it was really oh great. yeah. What made it the best? It's like the I just love just the I just love production, doing it for ourselves, just doing it with people that you um, that you really like and work really well with. Um, you know, true. It's, it feels it's, like a family. It feels like a family. Or it should. It should. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another friend of mine who was um, he was a DP. Um, hired me to to work on a film for him as his first, and I worked for two other films for him, um, and then just some music videos. So once you start to your name gets out there, people will ask you for um, to work. So that's what I did. Um, but I, at the same time, I was doing um, <clears throat> there was a lot of corporate video out there, and corporate video. Yeah. I would get paid like what I made what I made in like one day of corporate video. I would make like in a week on a like on a show. yeah like on like not make almost the same yeah but, yeah well um, it's yeah. proven true even today commercial and corporate it's the best you know they pay they pay well because it's these established things and then the music videos and the more artistic things is always the more struggling aspect because it's like independent artists or self-financed right. mm -hmm. um you know which brings its own thrills because i assume you feel the same way maybe as i do as corporate you know it's like you you get the job done yeah you get your money Right, and then you self finance, so you know you you just spend it all on that's right everything else. Yeah, or you you pay the rent or something like that. Yeah, yeah. should have rent to pay. <laughs> should have rent to pay. Yeah. That's anyway, it. yeah. So yeah. So corporate corporate video. Corporate yeah. video is the best. But but you know I would do anything. Whoever needed like I would do audio. You know when you're oh, freelancing you're in, when you're young. Yeah. yeah, I would do anything. That's cool. It mm -hmm. still translates to today. Like when you're freelancing, jack of all trades. Although you choose your your thing and you like hone in on it as much as you can, you got to do everything else to make yeah make money and pay the rent and just finance everything else you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yep. I yeah, that's why I try to tell my college students they they're like you know how to 
they because they'll ask me how do you get work and i'm like the first thing you need to do is is know what you want to do because Mm -hmm. you know for sure yeah because people were like you know have you heard of anything i'm like well what what is it that you do what is it that your specialty they're like well i'll do anything i'm like if you can be more specific it helps me to know like where you know who to contact yeah um is it like daunting sometimes like managing you're essentially like overseer and they, they, these like kids are asking these questions like i don't know what to do it's like you must find your way you're like the what is it like the sage like what is the person on top of the mountain yeah. like you know what i'm talking about like the the, the wisdom yeah it's the sage right right is it, is it sometimes daunting you're handling like these different um personalities and like essentially future careers um it's daunting but it, i mean it's more like i don't sometimes i don't know what to tell them i'm like because it's like you'll you'll find you know part of it is you'll find your way like 100%. you found your way right so it's like it's not like you're you know an accountant and now you've got your accountant you know whatever your degree and you're going to go work for you know you're going to look on well now you can look on linkedin there's there's a lot more jobs out there indeed.com indeed.com <laughs> indeed that you can probably find work Plug there in. now but it's it's a little i think it's a little harder for production because mm-hmm. you know Pete. It's it's a really word of mouth because if you're working on set and and you're doing a good job, that person will either recommend you to somebody else or hire you again. Um, they you know looking at your resume is helpful, but when you're first starting out, you don't have much on your resume yeah. uh, to say that you know this is what I can do. Let me show you what I can do. Um, so yeah. yeah, it is early on setting kind of like uh, an idea of what it is you want to do. Because time so, is so valuable too. But there's also so many different paths for different what for different career mm-hmm. paths. If you want to be an AD, it's a completely different thing. So if you want to be a scriptwriter or screenwriter or whatever it is, or if you want to be a producer, mm-hmm. you know there are so many different paths. And I only really know my path. But and I mean, of course, I know people in the business, and and I know their paths, so I can offer some advice that way. But there's just so many different ways into. Um, into the, You're good. Sometimes the we'll bump into these things. Okay, I'll try. Wire, to, the wires. You know, all it's funny place. because um, I'm. You, I probably shouldn't say this on, on camera, but I'm known because I talk a lot with my hands. So all my friends know keep the red wine away from me because at some point, <laughs> at some point, yeah, I've knocked wine down in almost every friend <laughs> of mine's house. That's funny because I have wine. <laughs> I was gonna say like, hey, you want to have a yeah. glass? Just maybe case. later. <laughs> maybe later. So there's less when, when the hands aren't moving so much. Yeah, yeah. spills is okay. Mm-hmm. Spills is okay. I spilled some stuff here too. But that's funny. Um, so I was also going to say, uh, as a cinematographer, do you work like um, closely with the like when you were shooting these music videos and these projects? Did you work closely with the director in the sense of like working on um, storyboards and shots? Like, how deep did you get into the pre-production of stuff? Um, I um, that's a really good question. Not a lot. I mean, because. Uh, so okay so it depends on the job so um, i'll talk Mm -hmm. about the one that i was the cinematographer for for the for the short film because with the um with the what's the title of the short film just at least have like it's called it's not a short film sorry it's a feature film Mm. Uh, it's called in till you die it's a shoot 'em up kind of movie we actually blew something up it was very very cool yeah (laughs) so we had pyrotech pyrotechnics on set um for for the handguns and then well, we we had to go out to a field somewhere, and actually, um, we had a frame of a house that we actually blew up. 
just the just the front front like just the facade of it or whatever yeah oh, so okay. and they took care of the explosion so we had our you know we shot it on uh, in super 16 uh, oh, so we man. had that and then we actually had um and then there was another what else do we have it was we had a, we rented a second camera yeah just you're having to, fun for, yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. yeah no that sounds like a blast um so, oh so so how far in, into production did i get um so yeah so we had a lot of meetings ahead of time um, with the with the feature film, and I would really work with them about like what kind of shots we were gonna do. Um, but they really had an idea because it was two of them, so it was two friends. They're like brothers. Um, they really had an idea of what they wanted it to look like. Um, so I was just there to try to make it happen and make it look as good as possible. It's so not the Cohen brothers, right? Yeah, 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 a little bit. Yeah, they're they're uh, yeah they're both editors. One works. They're for, both um, like in tune. Yeah. Um, and then on the, like for the music videos, they were, you know, they were kind of low budget, even though we got paid well. So there was no, it was like the director came to me. It's like, okay, we're doing this shot. It was all on, it was all on set. Mm -hmm. So we would go, um, uh, to the camera rental place and check it out the day before and all of that. And we would pick it up and bring it back. Um, and then we'd kind of get on set and then we would have like a meeting and be like, okay, these are the locations we're going to be doing. Um, and then meeting you know, with the full team, meeting with the full team. And then okay. like, uh, he would meet with, um, like the director would meet with like whatever the grips, if we had a dolly shot and they had to set up a dolly somewhere. Um, and they're like, you know, okay. So music videos can be a little bit loose uh, mm -hmm. as you, maybe, I don't know how you, how you guys do it, but. Um, we didn't really plan it out that, I, I mean, we did plan it out where we had set, we had to build a set in the old, um, we actually rented out the, the old um, media arts department in there because they had two TV studios. Mm -hmm. So we built a set in there. Um, so and I think I'm losing my, I think I'm losing no, my cool. train of thought. No, that's cool. No, you were just breaking down the, the, the pre-production approach, which yeah. makes me think about my approach and. Um, I like to have meetings uh, too, but it's like very carp carp how do you say the word compartmentalized carp carp compart compartmentalized. <laughs> you tried, <laughs> then you start drinking water. You um, throw me off, one. Compart compartmentalized, right? So I have like I have like my meeting with like the the DP, mm -hmm. um, and we create like the shot list, and I have like a treatment that's kind of like a, a storyboard. So I get pretty intricate with my planning, which mm -hmm. I feel like helps me on set be relaxed and chill because I have all this like these things I'm holding like in terms of like structure that mm -hmm. I can always look at. Right. On set, on set. So you're saying like you didn't really do too much of that, like in terms of like I, shot listing or start storyboarding, not, which every process is different. So that's I why I'm curious. I didn't do any of that for any of the music videos, but I did work on it for the film that I did with my friends. Right. But when, point. but the other short, the other uh, feature films that I worked on, we didn't, I didn't, I was a, a first assistant. All mm, I had to right. do, so the DP took care of that. So all I had to do is make sure we were in focus and I had to make sure that we, you know, I was, uh, so I was a first assistant. So I had a second assistant and then we had a camera intern. <clears throat> so I was in charge of like making sure like uh, contenting, like contacting like Panavision, making sure that we had the right lenses, mm -hmm. uh, things like that for each scene. Um, and also, you know, ordering film stock, making sure we had the right film stock for each set, for each um, setup or each scene. Um, and then anything that had to do with building the camera. Yeah. 
um, you know, um, mounting on a, on a on a car, those kinds of things. So we would have meetings for that. But as far as like shot composition, um, only for the one, only you know, coming up with a shot list only mm -hmm. for the one film. But pretty much the directors really kind of already knew what they what they wanted. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I feel like me communicating as much as I can to everyone helps like everyone get on set and know like you know fuck the PA I mean they're not in the meeting they could be in the meeting but you know I don't have to have an individual meeting with the PA it's just like right. <laughs> so with the DP and yeah you sometimes the first they see as well I send them everything I don't have like me but I send them all the information like the treatment the shallots just so they can look at it and mm -hmm. have the sense of understanding um as a first they see did you find it uh torturous or like enjoyable like the fully focus aspect like the whole everything's on you to um, make sure you hit your marks that's that's a really good question uh you know what um in the beginning i did um but i think you know you kind of get it depends on the you know on your aperture yeah <laughs> you know so if you're really i always shoot one eight if you just if, open then you're then you really have to be on your, on your toes yeah mm -hmm. but i did um you know i would check and double check um because um, you know, you just never want to be soft if you're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's um, funny. So, yeah, so I just got really good at measuring like the eyeing distance. Yeah. Um, you would mark, you would put markers on the actual th wheel as well, right? Or something. I would like that. put markers on the wheels, um, all sorts of that. But also, if I could, I would put markers on the floor, um, mm. so that not for the actors blocking, but just for me for for um for distance yeah um and then whenever i was like whatever like if we're just standing there you know i would just make sure that i knew where like if the actor was going to be here and you know because sometimes you never know what they're going to do in the scene spontaneously um, yeah so i would just make sure that i knew where the different marks were and so i got i guess i i don't know if i got lucky or just you know so you far so good guess, you know? right? yeah yeah was but i like don't have to do that anymore <laughs> or I don't do that anymore. I'm curious if like there was um, a, like a really challenging shot you remember. I just I just remember being uh, on set for dailies. Like we would watch dailies like every day. I would hold my breath because you know we um, you wait for development, right? And then, yeah, because we you know remember it was you know it was there was video, but we had it on a big screen, and and when we would you know screen it with the producers and the you know. Everybody was in the room. Not everybody, not the PAs, yeah. but you know, all the all the department heads were in the room, um, and so that was the for me because you know we didn't you we had a you know video village and all of that, but I wasn't looking at that. Mm -hmm. um, so I really I assume it was okay. Um, so then just watching it, you know, on a big screen, just watching it back, making sure that everything was um, the way it was supposed to be. And if you had, you know, racking focus yeah. from one to another to make sure you hit your mark. Yeah, it must yeah. have felt good watching and seeing like, okay, great. It felt good when it was over. But, oh, yeah. you know, that, you know, while you're in it, it's, um, it's you know, because film is film, you know, it's not like, I mean, I guess it's the same with you guys, but. Um, no, with, it's um, not. What are you talking about with digital? Yeah. Like, mm -mm. I mean, you can kind of watch it, but with film, you really don't know what you're going to get until the yeah, next exactly. day. And it's really is and a it's bit nerve-wracking. Yeah, it's nerve-wracking. Limited, expensive. Mm -hmm. I forget who I heard it from, but like when you hear like the, the rolling of the camera, like the, people just hear money. Because that's what it is. That's so what it is. True. It's like, 
yeah okay everybody do their thing you know and this that's what i love about filmmaking too it's like literally everybody do your thing so you have like the actor actor like everyone is in the frame they have to perform well director needs to give this person direction well the shooter has to the db has to you know perform the shot well the ac has to pull like it's such a action that moment you know everything just like i always say to everybody it's a miracle that films get made or anything gets made because so there's so many different moving parts and everybody mm-hmm. has to come together. Um, and when it does, it's just there's no better feeling and there's no better like you, you just feel so proud and uh, it's really rewarding. And yeah, so that, that's, that's the part about you know production or filmmaking that I do miss. Yeah. yeah. OK, um, I'm going to get a glass. Do you want some water? Just take I don't a, have my water. Yeah, we can see, take a break. I wasn't ready. Well, I wasn't ready for the water. Huh? You know how you, you can do and accomplish so much and you're focusing on so many different things and different tasks and goals and there's one task or many that just fall in the back burner. This has been the same. <laughs> this has been the same for like months. Every time I look at it, I'm like, I got to fix this. Uh-huh. Never. I have many of those things. It's one I have of those things. very, yeah, I have a lot of those things. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to ask uh, on the topic of like movies where we were landing on. Mm-hmm. And just like these moments being mir- miracles on sets where like all this, all these people come in unison and create this moment. Uh, I don't know if you ever shared in class or anything, but what are your like favorite movies, your favorite like or favorite genre to start more general? You know, uh, my students always ask me what my favorite movie is. And I'm like, and, and what I tell them is that I appreciate artistic value in a lot of different kinds of films. Um, you know, for different reasons. Um, but I really do like, like Wes Anderson is one of my favorites. I really do love the Coen brothers. Um, you know, this, I, I'm trying to get into like, uh, really like support more women filmmakers. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, even for me, like as a woman, I don't, you know, I feel like I, I need to do better to support their work and kind of, um, because they're not always kind of out there. Um, but yeah, they're not um, as um, advertised or as predominantly male dominated early on. Right. And now things are feel are getting more uh, conscious in terms of gender. But mm-hmm. for sure, yeah, it was like male dominated industry. So it's always just the the dudes, their right. names getting pushed out. Scorsese, Tarantino, Spielberg. Um, yeah, even back then. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I just um, I will look at anything. And, and the other thing is that there's so many good things. There's so much content out there. I, I personally feel it's kind of not hard to keep up, but um, just trying to appreciate the, the work that's being done for, um, you know, on Netflix and all of those. Other, yeah, it's overwhelming. You know, it's it is overwhelming. The the serial work that's that's coming out, those series, um, I think that's really great. Um, that, yeah, everything is know. changing from movies to now, like TV becoming the the cool like fleshed out thing to do. Because now these episodes are like mini like movies. They're like hour long, mm-hmm. uh, full narratives, but they continue on. You mm-hmm. kidding me? So I have to binge this, and it's like right. a whole day's gone. It's like six or seven hours of just like this show right but yeah things are things have switched up a lot yeah do you do you like that too about like the the way media is shifting like towards more of like this episodic streaming platform sort of thing i mean i do because you can tell stories you can tell the story in in the in the way that it should be told 
Um, so sometimes, you know, two hours is not enough to tell that story. Um, but I also love, like, I'm a really big fan of the cinema. And I really do miss, like, I grew up, you know, before cable. So um, one of my favorite things to do was to actually go to the theater. Mm -hmm. And I do kind of miss that. Uh, that's one of the things I miss about, um, you know, being in this pandemic is actually the the experience of going to, you know, watching something on the big screen and getting that experience. Um, so I hope it I hope that doesn't go away. Um, I hope they try to figure out ways to keep people in the seats. Um, I know I'll always go. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of content that I probably wouldn't, you know, you end up becoming a little more choosy. Um, so for that you know, and if I miss something, it's like, okay, I could still watch it at home somehow. So I do, I do like that, but, um, I just hope the, the, you know, the gathering or, you know, kind of going out to experience a film, uh, doesn't get lost because I think it's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the big bummer. I'm big on theater experience too, because nothing really replaces that like mm -hmm. big screen, you alone with the movie. Um, especially if it's more special to you where you know that like the director, so you go out there to see his work and it's mm -hmm. like, or her work, there you go. You see us in his, oh, it's a problem. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> but you go to see, to see their work, right? And it's special. It's more special because you're in this audience too of mm. strangers. Like I talk about it pretty often too, just because it's been so long and everyone's just like connected in these certain moments, you know, like mm -hmm. the hero swooshes in and everyone's like ah, cheering together. It's like, right. and you're literally next to some strangers and then you, there's this moment of unison. But yeah, unless you have like a dope spot like in your house, <laughs> right. like surround sound, right. nothing, yeah. you know, nothing really beats that. I just got a TV in my house. Oh, really? 55 inch. Yeah. It's my first TV because I lived with my parents for a while. I moved out top of this year. Uh -huh. I live with some roommates and okay. I have a, now I have a TV that's pretty cool that's pretty congratulations cool. thank you before i had a laptop so that's where i was watching uh, my movies plug okay. it in on my chest and then <laughs> <laughs> just like up close cinematic experience there it is you know so i i saw a lot of movies first time on my laptop and it's like it's like i feel like if i was a director i'd be upset at what's going on now but also just like the fact that like yeah mm -hmm. your movie's gonna stream online and people are just gonna watch it on the laptop so it's like you shoot it and you yeah it's like this that's idea of where it should be seen um yeah it's like opposite yeah i mean uh, you definitely lose the the you know there's a whole lot of artists involved in making a film and on the smaller screen you i don't you to just don't it's just not the same experience so no. and then um, it depends on your internet the shadows are all like <laughs> fucked up in my netflix there's like weird glitchiness in the shadow <laughs> so it's not clean <laughs> You know, it's not even video glitch. It's not even like video grain. You know, it's not even yeah. like somewhat aesthetically pleasing. It's just like weird and it, it ruins the image. Mm. I would feel hurt, you know, knowing someone <laughs> was watching my work. Right. And it's like glitchy looking. <laughs> all that work you yeah. put into it. <laughs> it's all glitchy looking. Um, is yeah. there is there something you've gone to recently to the theaters or you've just avoided it all? Pan no, all man. the panini. I'm staying home. I'm old. Home. So, yeah, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. But I'm vaccinated now, so I'm feeling a little bit more um, adventurous. Uh, well, out theaters there. are pretty chill now too. Where like yeah. AMC, they give you uh, the seat next to you, f like f like free basically. Like no one's gonna sit there. Oh, do they? On both sides, yeah. Like the most recent movie I went to watch was Tenant a while ago. Okay. Which was really it was really fun. Big fan of Christopher Nolan. That movie he just went a little too far. 
with <laughs> with what he does, which okay. is fine because he's got his mind and money. So right, he I like that he challenges his his viewers and audience mm-hmm. every every movie. But I left there more frustrated because it was just okay. It's such a mixed bag of things. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I haven't, actually, but I am also a big fan of Christopher Nolan, too. I was going to mention him because uh, I know he also likes to shoot on film, which is, you know. Yeah, I'm he's really, very adamant about it, too. Yeah, which I'm I'm really, like, glad that there are some filmmakers who are, like, kind of bringing it back or keeping it alive. So that's yeah. nice. Um, yeah, it's like some yeah. of the people I mentioned, like Tarantino, he's, like, he's all about it. Um, I don't know. I think Scorsese made the switch up with The Irishman. Yeah. And he did things digitally mm-hmm. in terms of everything, too. Digital aging and stuff. Like, Have you seen that one? I have seen it, yeah. yeah. That's, well, talking about length, right? Like, movies being too, that's almost four hours long. <laughs> I know. That's yeah. like a whole, that's a whole day you have to plan. Yeah. Did you like movie. that movie? I, I did like it. Okay. Um, I thought it was a little too long. It, yeah. Because I don't like splitting my viewing experience in like two days or something like that. And that's what I ended up doing. So it's like taking the break and then vis- revisiting the world is mm-hmm. like, it, it it takes you out of it obviously you take that short break from it you're no longer feeling that consistency but um i mean the cast too bringing the the greats together again right i mean i think uh for me like i appreciate it for that reason but i just felt like he was like i mean again like jimmy hoffa was like a you know like or right it was jimmy mm-hmm. hoffa yeah um it was a good story to tell but i just felt like it was like a rehash of like some things he's already done i wasn't a big fan of it but yeah just just but i can appreciate it i could appreciate it but i think it was too long too yeah too long and it's just like his last hurrah though so mm. it's, it's like in the sense of like the the mafia style movies that he's always done it felt mm. very much like that joe pesci pulling someone aside <laughs> he was like you're good you know you're gonna be good that guy it's always like these side conversations that happen. Right. So it very much felt like his early work, but then it felt like, um, I guess, like his goodbye to it too, just mm. the way it ended. It's very depressing, like very like different from, mm. like Goodfellas was like kind of raunchy, action-y, and it ended in a bad note where it showed consequences, but it wasn't like, I feel like the Irishman ended in such an isolated, mm-hmm. quieter, like depressing way mm-hmm. that showed like, okay, you can have this lifestyle, but then- it may, might lead to, you know, like he ended up being alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the name, though, of the guy who was protecting like Jimmy. It's, and, it's been a while since I saw it. But yeah, yeah anyway, let's just yeah. say De Niro. But yeah, basically right. De Niro was like protecting these two individuals and he got himself all worked up and fixed into that whole world. And then his kids, he was shitty to his kids and, and family. So then at the end, he's like got nobody and he's just sitting there, mm-hmm. which, which I love the length of the movie because you get that contrast of like, you remember these parties that he was at and stuff like that and like the extravagance mm-hmm. of it. And then he's just in this retirement home alone, mm-hmm. sitting there isolated, which plays into the cinematography because it's always, I think about that last shot. He's just in the door frame, small, right. you know, and that's just like a super wide shot. He's just small in the frame and it's like, fuck, damn. It's like, he used to be this guy, you know, he used to be the guy. Right. And then it's like, here he is. And right. that's the power too of like camera work, like just showcasing like that, message Mm -hmm. he's like this this is the guy now this is him he's just diminished into like a dying i'm getting like morbid now but that's no no no, that's great that's great yeah no yeah i don't remember it all that well but yeah it's only that shot because it it felt like it it had an impact that yeah that it had an impact on me and i i pay attention to cinematography a lot too Mm -hmm. and i think that's what i got into at first at njcu uh camera work and stuff I, Mm -hmm. i wasn't too interested in handling the whole stuff as a director or sound and stuff like that 
um which is cool that there are like people that like really like sound and like capturing sound it's like it's all important but that's particularly too is interesting that there's just like a department of people that are obsessed with that aspect of capturing right. and building things out even more so with like uh foley mm-hmm. is that what it's called i forget uh you right. ever just sound design well foley is just recording the, and, uh, recording it yeah, yeah to make it, making yeah, it making it but yeah I, I actually did a lesson with my students that's one of the lessons i did was a sound design lesson mm. was um they had to sort of make an experimental film um where they couldn't use any dialogue and they couldn't use any music and every the whole bed of the film had to be all like um either um you know risers or you know some sort of like sound effect or i wanted them to get into like sound elements um and kind of like build a soundtrack without like yeah. a lot of times students will make a, a film they'll just throw some music on it and i'm like okay it's a music video but yeah. it's not good you know, job I, that's a career too but you know there's <laughs> right 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 there's a whole yeah other thing so yeah do. so into like i have a great appreciation for sound design and film uh, so I wanted to kind of get the kids interested in that. Um, but yeah, so I don't like doing it with myself necessarily. I feel like it's like, not that mm. I don't like it. I appreciate it, but it, it's just not something I, you know, yeah, gravitate well, towards. Yeah. yeah. And it's like you said, like you find your thing um, and you want to kind of hone in on that and learn more about it as, as, as much as you can. It starts replacing everything else in terms of what you could hold in your brain. Mm-hmm. And then someone else who's doing it will be... 50 times more intricate than what we would attempt to do where like Mm -hmm. when i think about sound too i think about no country for old men Mm -hmm. which has like uh either there's no soundtrack or just very soft and it's not even present so everything is just very like in the scene and in the moment Mm -hmm. down to like the the, i don't know how they captured or what they did for the silent shotgun like i i know that sound it's in my head i'm obsessed with that movie (laughs) and like there's just these just sound is just incredible how it could draw you in mm-hmm. and bring you into a scene so that's right. really for sure important that's cool that you're telling the students and you're making them aware because they don't even probably realize sometimes like when they're watching something how deep these noises and sounds go that they're believing the world that they're watching right well it's also interesting for me too because it's not something i ever because i'm that's not my end of the that's never been my end of the of the production yeah uh, so just like kind of like studying it myself just to get ready for that lesson was uh, was just really interesting. Just learning the terminology because I didn't really know any of it. Yeah, um, for, so, like, I forget. So, I've been questioning Foley. So, I was like, is that what it is? <laughs> That's like the main thing. You know, if I fuck that up, I'm like. <laughs> so let me ask you one of the things that I'm like kind of not struggling with, but um, in this day and age of like being your own like camera operator and you are now you're when you're starring in your own films, but then also you're also the editor as well. Do you feel like you're um, like, uh, again, like jack of all trades and is it harder to concentrate on one thing, the thing that you really love kind of doing? yeah like how do you feel do you feel stretched out because sometimes what i feel like um, i'm teaching editing and i'm going through this right now so my students are at home they're all using different uh software so i'm like now having to i knew how to use like resolve before but now i have to really i have to know it because now i have to teach it because this one group of kids really want to use that right and then also i have to know final cut pro and then also i have to also know adobe premiere and i'm like okay and then you have to know after effects and now i'm trying to teach myself fusion like how do you how do you feel like do you feel sometimes like like too like it's too much i do yeah i'm like okay i can't know everything (laughs) i know in your position it feels like almost like a necessity to know all these things or at Mm -hmm. least the basics so then you get these questions you know what to dish out um 
I'm pretty, I'm pretty like, because I am in control of everything, I'm mm-hmm. pretty like, uh, like what's the word I want to say? Um, I'm pretty hard on like setting in stone things that I want to accomplish. Like if, if I can't get something done in time, because there's a more important thing that falls into the director role that I'm doing, then I will put those things aside to make sure that I focus mm-hmm. in. But for sure, it, com- it still comes with sacrifices where I'm thinking about all these other things and the potentials of like maybe finishing a script that I need to finish, mm-hmm. which is true. I've been trying to finish a script for probably maybe two years mm-hmm. and I just haven't like had a moment to sit down. It feels very daunting to me to sit and like think about the dialogue. These characters, I have everything lined out and have like the, the, the treatment idea and I just haven't been able to do it. And then the, the other excuses work because things come up and all these other ideas, the podcast. So it is a fact that like these things are taking away, but it's also kind of like, come on, man, just, just <laughs> right. Just right. You know, it's, yeah, it, it is definitely challenging to kind of figure out not, how to not stretch yourself too thin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's easier when you're young though, since you have, uh, in terms of like your students and stuff, like they have more time to figure out all these different things they don't yet have to worry about uh, rent unless we're talking about college students where there's like cars and phone and mm-hmm. you know health and all this other insurance and stuff like that. But I'm still trying to figure out a proper balance, mm-hmm. um, especially with the script I mentioned. Like it's strange how there's something that you could really want to be doing uh, that's very important to you and you just don't address it. Mm. You know, you, that's the that's been the struggle for me personally. Like it's I've been doing music videos, same path. And I want to begin my first short film. And in order to do that, I need, you know, a, a proper script. But I've also just been looking for a writer because I've also accepted the whole thing about like you, you like what you do is what you do. Mm-hmm. But then I look at like Paul Thomas Anderson, special sort of case. He write, writes and directs all his work. And I just saw Punch Drunk Love with a friend of mine. I'm not sure if you saw it. I, I, years ago, but yeah. With, yeah, the, yeah. with Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler yeah. Really, really cool, unique movie. Um and yeah, just like reminding me again, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's to possible do it all, yeah. To do it in terms of at least like that world, because you can run direct as long as that's what you do, right? You know. But if you're managing other projects and people and all these and clients and all these other things, it's it's hard to stay focused right. on that thing. So what I'm gonna do probably is just like um, stop talking to my clients and um, just quit everything else. Maybe no, go up to the mountains. <laughs> okay. Go up to the mountains. The shining vibes, you know. You know, I, can't, get... I wish they had like residencies for like filmmakers. It's too bad there's not a residency you can do. You know what a residency is? I know okay. they have residencies here in terms of hosting artists like for free. Well, a lot of times they'll do it for like real like painters or they do it for other visual arts, but they should do it for writers as well. Actually, they do do it for um for I know for like, you know, artists who like video art mm-hmm. um so you apply for a residency and basically you go off to like cape cod somewhere for like two months and they'll pay you and they pay your rent so that you don't do anything but work mm-hmm. it's a residency they do it like you know i don't know there was just one that came up for me that was sent to me in the email but it was wasn't it wasn't for filmmakers it was for um mostly painters and i'm like damn i wish damn. it was for educators who taught a discipline and if it was for filmmakers 
it's okay. I'll, I'll repeat that so you that, can edit it that together. was like the wine <laughs> that's the, the microphone's the wine if they had it for filmmakers i would definitely have applied for it because i could definitely like use some time to like just you know mm-hmm. not think about everything else and um and just write yeah that's cool i've never looked into residencies you know I've i think uh, i think sundance does one. Oh well that's beyond me or is that bad to say no, I think it's bad to be. say. Yeah, yeah you should. Say. I down talk myself. Don't down talk I try yourself. not to, but. Yeah, you're very talented. I think, you know, you should. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No. I don't know what your film was about, but yeah. Um. Uh, so I, I had like a conversation with myself as to whether or not like my first thing, I wanted it to be either serious with a message or just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. I went with the latter. So I'm, gonna, I'm having fun with it. And it's a story about just like, um, <laughs> And you hear the statement too, like a heist gone wrong again. Okay. Yeah, it's like one of those stories. Okay. So things just kind of get uh, out of control, out of control, out of hand um, with the motive being this couple wanting to kind of run away and the, and the guy doing one last job and taking um, everything or trying to. Mm-hmm. You know, and he doesn't tell his lady that this is like his plan. He just has this master plan that he thinks is going to work out. Okay. And yeah, it doesn't. So it's just like super, super like probably Scorsese inspired. So you have the whole film worked out from beginning to end. You just have to write. Yeah. Like, like the, the dialogue, the actual screenplay, oh. which has been the the difficult thing to like sit down and and think it through. And I guess it's because it's such a I'm pretty I'm pretty patient. You know, but um, similar to like what you like, what traits you need when you're painting or drawing, mm-hmm. you just need to have that patience with yourself. And I have a short attention span, and I think that's where it kind of like mm. it kind of disappears when I could start trying to write, and then YouTube surfing suddenly happens. You know, it's funny. I just did an experiment for one of my high school seniors, and it, the experiment was just to lay off of like any kind of social media for for like three days and just, um, you know, write your experiences and, and what it meant. And you know, obviously for somebody my age, it's not as, you know, I don't, I'm not into it as much as somebody who's younger, but I did find myself like whenever I had like a free minute, just sitting there, like picking up my phone and, and just logging onto Instagram. I'm like, okay, don't do that. I, this is my experiment. I'm supposed to put it down. And in those moments where you're kind of where you're waiting for like maybe something to happen or in between where you're not doing anything I find is like the time that you actually come up well for me anyway is a time I actually come up with my best ideas about different things because it's a quiet moment where I'm not doing anything and I can uh, uh, take the time to just like just relax and that's when I find the most creative parts it just it's mostly mm. not necessarily creative but problem solving mm. and that's where like i'm like oh i can just do that for this and that's when those things kind of hit me so again like maybe you know it's necessary definitely like i'm to be quiet to be still for to a little be quiet bit yeah. and mainly that detox too like mm. um it's hard because at this point for me I don't take social media as serious anymore where I just kind of like, especially with the Roke Initiative, I share what I want to share. That's kind of why I started a separate account for it. Uh, If I'm recording something on my phone, I used to be so particular where it's like, okay, I'm not going to upload anything from my phone. It has to be from a camera and it has to be colored and it has to look good for me to like upload it. And I was like so anal about the quality, but you know, UGC, user generated content is something that exists a lot now with TikTok too. Um, And I just kind of accepted 
being more real and and calm about it because like you know if i don't get to edit it it's not going to get posted and then nothing is posted and then i'm thinking fuck i didn't post and then i start getting like in this whole spiral of like mm. a man I'm it's like so i just cut all that and i'm not taking it as serious anymore but it's still very much present because i feel like i have to be sharing things in mm. order to show some sort of activity to uh, mm. potential clients and audience especially building this sort of stuff out this is this feels like there's this necessity to it but I got to look into this like residency thing or I just got to like fuck off somewhere and, yeah. and drive off. And I feel like the separation, because that's why I stay still in tune with everything. Like mm-hmm. at my office and my house and like friends' houses, there's so much technology. I feel like I need a separate place to, that's what a lot of people do too, right? They literally like, go a whole separate place right. to just mellow out and write. And I think maybe in the summer. Yeah. In the summer, I think I'm going to try That'd that. That'd be good. Yeah. Go up to the mountains somewhere. Go up to the mountains, you know. Or the, got well, like a hot chocolate mug. I'm just standing there. <laughs> uh, I think your I'll flannel. Write, I think I'll write today. You know, <laughs> overlooking <laughs> a, cool a lake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a little. But but you know, uh, in this day and age, that's it's really important for your career to kind of be maintain that you know be in the mix all the time because uh, you do feel like you don't want to lose anything, especially when you're young like you, just yeah. kind of starting out. You need to kind of be there so that it's. But I, so I understand that struggle of, you know, trying to, okay, um, have a career where you get paid to do something, but also, you know, uh, you know, allowing enough time to do your own creative process. So, um, or creative, um, endeavors, I guess. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough year in a tough spot. Tough year, tough spot. And that's one of the things I liked about teaching is I thought I was going to have the summers free to actually work on like my own stuff. And, and, you know, sometimes I do, but you know, I, you know, it's not as much time as you think. And grading must be kind of It's the worst. It's the thing I hate. Yeah. It's the thing I hate the most. It's like you're grading. Because now people are probably working on their iPhones too, shooting certain things and projects. They're all shooting on their phones unless they don't, in which case I've gone to school and gotten them some DSLRs. But even that is, is just difficult because, you know, they're young and, you know, Again, like when you were teaching those students, like some of it's not white balanced. It's like, you know, yeah. they didn't understand, you know, at, you know, I don't know what's out of focus. Because when you look at a, a monitor this big, everything looks like it's in focus. And then when everything you put it okay. up, it's like, that looks like. Like you said, like soft. It's just like, and that's the worst when it's just like slightly. <laughs> and you're like, Because that's that. happened to me. And it's like, okay, now you can't really use that. Right. And it's like focus right here. <laughs> it's like right there. And it's just like the person's talking. You're just watching the take. You're like, great. Yeah, that's happened on these podcasts too, where I've handled it myself. Oh, really? And I think everything's woo, good, fun conversation, willy nilly. And then I get in post, and my whole shot, oh. my whole take of like thirty minutes is soft on like my angle or something. And um, yeah, just like raise the sharpness. <laughs> so it's just this weird, deformed looking. <laughs> yeah, no, it's tough, yeah. man. But that's cool. Anyway, that's yeah. Cool so that good luck with your busy. script. I hope, uh, I hope you get away this, uh, you know, sometime. Thank you. No, yeah. um, I think I will. Again, it's like one of those things. Like I was mentioning earlier, it's like if you, you know, you have a lot going on, and you know the things that you do want to do are here. It's just just being tough on yourself and hard, and just being like, uh, let me just force this break. Let me force this break, and yeah, yeah, get this thing going. Okay. So hopefully it happens. Right. We'll see. I'll keep you updated. Oh uh, yeah. I'd like to hear. I think I think this is a good note. 
All right. <laughs> Thank you for coming, Callie. It was a Thanks pleasure catching me. up and talking yeah. to you. It was good to talk to you too. Thanks for having me.